Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. God is doing something uh, special in our family, and God is doing something special. And, and you know why I love these stories? Because it had nothing to do with Israel. <laughs> no one's really made any significant claim of anything about Israel. Everything has been what is happening between them and God. And I think that's right on. I think that's exactly where we're at. I think that's exactly where God wants us. <clears throat> there was a woman. She was a Samaritan woman. And um, it was her job to bring water. Remember the water we spoke about during worship? And it was her job to bring water to her family, water to her village. And there was a long walk and she would have to carry these basins of water in the hot summer's day. And um, her being a Samaritan, she had to, you could almost use the word ascend. She had to go up. She had to rise to the occasion and get water. She had to ascend. And um, we've spoken about this woman of Samaria so often, so much. But God put her in my heart again this week because on this day, she was going to encounter someone totally different that was going to change the whole definition of what ascension means for her. I, I know that for a fact. You want to know why I know that? Because she goes to get water, but she leaves the bucket there, and she runs back without the water. Well, come on, it doesn't take an Einstein to figure that out. What happened? She received something so much greater than that what she with that for than that what she went for. You guys get what I'm saying? Okay. And her and Jesus are having this whole discussion. I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, we are enemies, we don't speak to one another. It's so cool that Jesus decides to go through Samaria. He doesn't go what is normal for a Jewish man to go through or a Jewish following to go through, which is to go around and it's a much longer trip. But instead he cuts right through the heart of Samaria almost like dealing right through the heart, right through the heart of the enemies of God. Because we were once enemies of God, but we are now children of God. And it took Jesus to cut right through the heart to make enemies now friends and children of God. So he doesn't take the long trip. He takes the shortcut. But the shortcut is a hard place to take because you're going through the territory of your enemy. And on that day, this woman meets Jesus and says, why are you talking to me? You're a Jew. I'm a, I'm a Samaritan. We should not talk. And Jesus says, you're right. And Jesus says to her in John 4.10, he says, if only you knew the gift of God and what he has for you. I believe that there's people sitting in here that this means something to you today. If you only knew the gift of God and what he has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask and I would give you what? I know for a fact that God is speaking to people about water because God gave me this message before this worship service today. So he knew someone needed to continue to hear about water. I wasn't going to share it. I was going to call someone else up, but I said, no, I, I just have to kind of go into this stuff for a moment. I love this because he says, you would ask me and I would give you living water. You're coming to water that what? It will die. 
Why? You're going to drink it and you're going to pee it out. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Okay? I'm going to give you a water that's living water. It never runs out. It's living water. You know, it wasn't custom. That route was, was not popular. And it wasn't normal. And I love that because that's exactly what he does. That's exactly what he's about. And he takes the dangerous route. How many of you were the dangerous route? He takes the dangerous route, the unpopular route. His method never seems to be normal. I love that one of our codes is we're not normal because nothing that our Lord does is ever from a place of normality. It's always from a place of what in the world is he doing now? We're not normal. The reality is because we're his children and our God is not normal. So we're just his offspring that, that reflect his image. So his <laughs> not being normal is our not being normal. I love that because in Luke 15, it says this, and I'm just going to read right through the first seven verses. It says this, tax collectors and other notorious sinners came to listen to Jesus teach often. I love that the, <laughs> the outcasts come often because there's something different here. And this made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people and eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will, joy, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. So much, but I can't teach on that right now. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. I cut through the dangerous route because it's worth it for one. You might be the one in this service today. And the Lord says, I planned this whole service for you because I'm cutting through your life today. And I'm doing it for one. Why? Because I will leave the other 99 that are in this room for your heart and for your crookedness and for your evil and for your darkness, for your filth, for your sinful ways. Because I love you and I'm going to change you today. How will you do that? How will you do that? If you only knew who's standing before you today will give you not just water but living water. That's how I'll do it. That's so good, man. So in verse 13 of John 4, Jesus replies to her, anyone, everyone say anyone. That means everyone in any kind of category of life is in there. I don't care whether you're black, whether you're white. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you're a convicted murderer or a, uh, the worst of sinners or you are just this great person and never done anything wrong. Anyone, it touches all walks of life, all humanity, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, woman. <laughs> Aren't you tired of continuing to come over here? But those who drink the water that I give, they will never be thirsty again. How many of you have gone from church to church to church? And you're looking for a church to fill your water. I am so sorry to tell you, this is not the church that's, gonna fill you, that's not going to fill you with that water. I'm telling you right now. Come to grasp with the one who gives you the water. And it doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, it's got to be sound. It's got to be biblical. It's got to be right. But you get what I'm saying. Why? He's drawing the woman to the place of know me. I'm the source. Anyone who drinks this water will soon be thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give. Notice what he's doing. I'm just looking for a church that gives me the waters that I need. No, no, no. He has the waters. I give. 
will never thirst again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. <laughs> Verse 15, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Isn't that beautiful? Let me read up another passage here. Uh, I'm going to skip over to, what am I reading? John 4, right? Look at verse 21. Jesus replies, this is so good. Don't catch this because this is, this is my heart. This is what God put in my heart. Ready? Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain because they were on a mountain in Samaria or in Jerusalem. I don't know if you guys know this, but Jerusalem is built on a mountain. We've learned that in our trip, right? It could be Zion. It could be Moriah. It could be all these kind of things, whatever. But, but it's on a mountain. It's, it's a city that is set up on a hill. So watch what Jesus says. Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it no longer matters whether you're going to worship the Father here on this mountain in which we're speaking on. Or if us Jews think that's the holy mountain because you see people crying to a, a wall and praying to a wall like if there is any significance to that wall. I'm going to tell you right now, though I did pray before that wall, there is no significance to that wall because I have that man living inside of me. I pray within. I have the, okay. But I just want to make sure you guys understand that stuff. Because Jesus is saying that. It doesn't matter whether it's on that mountain or this mountain. Look what he says. He says, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. While we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. Amen. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. So it's, it's, it's been coming, but it's present before you. When he says, indeed, it's here now. What he means by that is the manifestation of this is standing before you. When the true worshipers now will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. How many of you can say amen? amen. Very important. And then I'm going to wrap it up. It doesn't matter if you worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem on that mountain. It won't be about the experience of your physical ascension. That's what he's telling her. Ascend. Ascension. And you know what he's telling her? Who cares where you ascend to? Physically. Because it's not up there and it's not up there. I could care less about your physical ascension, is what he tells her. So stop focusing on a physical ascension on a mountain to figure where this stuff is at. But the time is coming, indeed, and it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. I believe that we, in these times, Jesus now is introducing this time in his first coming. His first coming was to introduce this time. I believe that. His first coming was to release us into this era, into this time frame. It was to grant us permission to, uh, to no longer ascend to a mountain physically, but ascend to his mountain spiritually. I believe that Jesus' first coming was to say, come, my beloved, into a place of where Maori said, you will never stop weeping again. You will never stop seeing things again the same way. Permission to ascend to our place, to a different place, which is now our position, which I share what Peter shares later on. It's called a royal priesthood of God. Hallelujah. You and I, if you did not know this, are actually as the church and as the beloved bride of Christ, we are also, not everyone in the church, Pastor Javi did such a good job last Sunday. Man, I can't thank him enough for that word last Sunday. But to, to show that there's a specific group within the church that's the bride and in that she's a priest as well. 
And that priest is not is like the Old Testament priest, which was the only person that was able to come into the Holy of Holies, right? The, 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 that most high priest. But, but now here we are, the royal priesthood of God, that we don't care about any experience of a physical ascension, but we testify, is what you're hearing today, we testify of a divine experiences from a spiritual ascension. And that's what we are talking about when we say ascend. What happened to you on this trip? Yeah, we ascended to Jerusalem, but let me tell you where else I ascended to. I ascended to new heights with the Lord that I've never been the same, and it cost me to get rid of some distractions and have a heart of expectancy, and little did I know God was there to show his face to me, and I've fallen more in love with him than I ever have before. So what are you going to do now? Plan another trip for Jerusalem? Actually, I never have to go to Jerusalem again because I found the one whose water causes me to never thirst again. You could go again, but not for that purpose. The place, where, where is it that you and I have been elevated to or where God is calling us to be elevated to? Here it is, the place where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Come on, true worshipers that will worship the Father in spirit and truth. In a gathering like today, we get it. But come on, there's got to be some. That you know God's calling you to what? Ascend. Ascend to the place where true worshipers stand and worship him in spirit and truth. Who's ready to ascend, right? So beautiful. Here's the place of true ascension, or at least the beginning of it, because the ascending that we're talking about is actually about going deeper. I love this. I'll read it fast, and here it is. I'm going to ask maybe Tito to come up and play, and we'll sing, and we'll get on our way. It says this, then... Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to this woman, a Samaritan, but none of them had the nerve to ask. Chickens, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? So the woman left. This is so beautiful. Can I ask you a question? Let me read this and I'll ask it to you. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village. Did she leave empty? <laughs> she left her water jug there, but she went back with different kinds of waters. Like, think about that. She left her water and everyone's seen her come. And they think, what, why isn't she carrying her basin of water? But she's running with something else. I need to tell you of the one who just told me everything about me. Oh, man, Lord, let that sit. She left it there and she said, she started to tell everyone, verse 29, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Here is where I end, verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I did, right? Verse 40, when they came out to see him, totally different. They did not just hear from her, but now they what? They came out to what? To see him, totally different. They begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two more days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, this right now, this, this right now is probably one of the most important verses of this whole passage. One of the most important sentences of this whole passage. Because then they said to the woman, now we believe. Not because of what you told us, but because we've heard it for ourselves. <laughs> now we know that he indeed is the savior of the world. That, for me, is the most important part of that whole passage. Because here is the place of ascension. Now we believe. Not because of what you said, but because of what we've seen. Because of what we've heard. Now we believe. But because you speaking to us drew us, or better said, stirred us, and stirred us to search. But now we believe. 
We believe because we have heard with our ears what my ears have never heard. And we've seen with our eyes what our eyes have never seen. We've heard it for ourselves. What has been our prayer here? What has been our preaching here? For almost a year now. 1 Corinthians 2.9 Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. My ears heard something and my eyes saw something that blows whatever you've told me out of the water. I experienced it for myself. How many of you need that experience of the living waters becoming alive in you? You don't, you heard testimonies today, but who, I want to be very um, careful with what I say, but, but very truthful. They're just testimonies of their lives. They're not testimonies of your lives. But have they stirred for you to search? And in searching now, have you ran into a water that will never cause you to thirst again? Right there at that place, that visitation, where your ears hear what they've never heard, where your eyes see what they've never seen. I'm praying that for this church, that you begin to see things you've never seen and you begin to hear things you've never heard before. Don't wait for heaven to receive that verse. Start living that verse here. That when you come back here next Sunday, say, I got to testify of what I've seen. I got to testify of what I've heard. For those who God has prepared for those who love him. In verse 10, it says, but God now unveils these profound realities to us by his spirit, by his water. He has revealed to us his utmost, inmost, sorry, heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine knowing the mysteries of God through the working of the Holy Spirit in you? Who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see in a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and his secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. That's the waters. That, that from verse 10 on, that's the waters that he's talking about. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we wrap it up. I promise you on Wednesday, we'll have more people from the group come up and, and just give testimony and we'll celebrate together. But I feel like the Holy Spirit did something special here today. Let's sing a song. Let's sing a song before, um, unto the Lord and let's honor him. I want you to examine your heart. Many of you came up to the altar ready for um, during worship. Maybe you came in late. Maybe you didn't find the boldness, the strength to do that at that time. And, and maybe you do need prayer real quick as we sing one last song. And you know that God is calling you now and stirring you to see what your eyes have never seen, to hear what your ear has never heard, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And, that, and that's you today. None of this is a coincidence, but God is giving you, as we speak about these visitations of heaven today, you are experiencing it deep within you that something heavenly, Something supernatural, spiritual is visiting you right now and you can't deny that for anything. So as we sing this last song to the Lord, if you need to come up and you need to take that charge and you need to say, that's me, Lord. I want to I wanna drink of the waters that will cause me to never thirst again. I want to see what no eye has seen. I want to hear what my ears have never heard. Those things which you have prepared for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to come up here and we'll pray for you. But if you're good, if your eyes are seeing what you've would have never thought you could see and hearing what your ears would have never heard then I want you to join us in prayer I want you to join us in worship and let's make a beautiful sound to the Lord before we go home I know we went a little long today but who cares about time when you're in the presence of God amen so let's go ahead and 
and let's go ahead and, and, and just sing a song. If you're all good, let's go ahead and worship. You should be good to worship. Let's be bold in our last song to worship to the Lord. And if you need prayer and that word was for you and God is stirring something, I invite you to come up. But let's go ahead and, and get lost for a little moment. Hallelujah.